We're joined now by our TSN Raptors analyst, Scott, uh, Sam Mitchell, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing good, guys. Sam, have you ever had any, I guess, personal interactions or problems with Scott Foster? We'll start it right there. Uh, I don't think so, guys. I I remember faces, not so much names, but I do remember Scott because I, I ran into him uh, often in hotels and things of that nature when I come up to do Raptors game. But, no, I've never had an issue with Scott. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, like last night he, he tosses – Scotty Barnes and you know Scotty came on after the game and said he didn't it, he was talking to himself right and Nick downplayed it and said there was nothing there but then Foster comes out as the had official speaking with the media pool and says effectively Scotty was questioning the integrity of the crew um, you know as a former player Sam like guys go back and forth with refs all the time guys are animated refs are animated do players understand what that line is though like when you start to cross it in terms of questioning integrity no, because the line is different depending on who the player is. And that's the yeah. problem. I know I got myself in trouble as a young player when I would hear Carl Malone and Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller would say certain things to officials. And then I would say things and not thinking I was as nearly as harsh, and they would give me a tech. And what I realized, they're going to take more from the star players then they do younger players or, or ancillary players. That's just how it is. That's just how people are. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, a lot of times there is a pecking order uh, when it comes to star players and players that are you know below that star status. But it, to me, are you noticing a change even in, you know, the attitudes of refs and, and the interactions that are allowed maybe over time? Or, or has it kind of always been the same? I think it's about time for the refs to stand up and start teeing guys up and throwing coaches out. I mean, you cannot watch an NBA game without the players and the coaches crying and complaining on every call. Now, I get it. Some of the the officiating has been bad. It has not been great. But you know this. You're used to this. You know you have a bunch of young officials cutting their teeth, trying to work games, and the only way you're going to get better refereeing games is to referee games. So at a certain point, the players and coaches got to grow up and understand it. But the referees, look, I liked it better when David Stern instituted the, the no, no whatever policy. They didn't take any crap because it's just too much. Look at Luca. Look at how guys act now. So I just think it's about time for the refs to uh, kind of straighten things out. And look, they're probably overreacting, and that's what you normally do to correct things. But the players and coaches have gone too far. Well, you look at that Raptor game last night, and you, you track these guys. You see them all the time. You see them live all the time. And I'm sure it wasn't surprising to you, Sam. It certainly wasn't to me. You know, the officiating factored in, right? There was the view, review process that took a couple of free throws off the board. Then, you know, Scotty gets tacked always up. Always factor in. Always going to factor Don't in. It, always. Officiate always matters. Right. That's they play a huge role in the game, but when you break down what happened last night, the last two fifteen in that game, Denver outscored the Raptors thirteen two. Denver's the top team in the West for a reason. The Raptors are under five hundred for a reason. Like, isn't that really what it comes down to? Is that the Raptors all year in crunch time they've had a tough time, you know, getting shots up and and getting shots down. Yeah, I'm gonna say this, and I'm not skating it, but this is the thing: I played and I coached. 
and I got to know referees after I finished coaching. And I and a lot of referees, the ones who retired, live in Atlanta. So I've run into them quite often. Guys, look, what you're saying is is like almost borderline cheating because they're they're leaning toward the home team, the better team. And I think it appears like that sometimes. But I just think sometimes officials get caught in the wrong spot. They blow the whistle. It, it, it may look like a foul to them in the naked eye. When you come back and look at the replay, it never is. But I'm just one of those guys. I know the officials. It's a hard game to, to learn how to officiate. I get what you're feeling, but if I agree with you, then I'm having to basically agree with saying referees cheat. And I just don't believe that. Now, I think we got some bad referees, and I think they need to cycle them out. And, you know, maybe it's a two- or three-year period, and I think they go with guys, go with people too long. But that being said, other than being bad, I just think they don't cheat. All right. I'm not saying they're cheating. And, and guys, the refs are going to go, you know, one way. They're going to go the other way. You know, last night, Denver, they started performing late, you know, and, and putting the, the refs aside, Sam. The, the Raptors late in games, you know, they have a difficult time, you know, keeping up offensively. Again, they were, they, they were outscored 13 to 2 in the last 215 last night. Denver ended the game on a 23 to 10 run. Like, that's, you, you coached, you played, but, like but crunch guys, time, you, you gotta close. Yourself, but do you ever ask yourself why that consistently happened? And the reason, this is how I think of it. You can play a certain way, 38, 39, 40 minutes. But when the game is tight, your good players need to know when they're going to get the ball and what areas they're going to get it. The question I have or the problem I see is when you run a motion offense, a passing game offense, as the shot clock gets down, whoever gets the ball got to make a play. Mm -hmm. Now, that may work for 38 to 39 to 40 minutes of a game. But the last eight to ten minutes of a game, I want to run some sets to where I dictate where the ball goes, who it goes to, and the area in which they catch it. And now I'm giving my best offensive player the basketball in his sweet spot and I'm putting playmakers around it. That's just how I think. But when you run a motion offense, it's kind of like either the best player catches it early and holds it to make a play, or he doesn't get it because of the ball movement and the defense. With Sam Mitchell. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I got yeah. you. And, and I'm curious if, if Nurse, you know, is, is sticking to that game plan based on the horses he's got. You know, in other words, he, he doesn't have Kobe in his prime where it's like get the ball to Kobe, you know, get the ball to MJ. Is, is that maybe what factors into this philosophy is, you know, they don't have a killer offensively that, that you can just isolate and say go do what you got to do. Well, it's not necessarily isolate, but you can run a play where the ball turns over two or three times. And now, let's say, for for instance, Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes catches it at their elbow, and now he's got a 15- to 17-footer. Or with his athleticism, he's got one dribble and he's in the basket. And we've seen Scotty Barnes win games for the Raptors when you put him in that situation. All I'm saying is I think when the Raptors do have a bunch of guys who are equally good, then just look out on the floor and see who your mismatch is, who got the biggest mismatch, and put them in that spot. And basically, you can run the same set. 
Sam, does Jokic deserve to win the MVP three times in a row here for a third time? Guys, I think so. I keep trying to trying to take it away from him with the way Joel Embiid and Giannis has played. I think Tatum has dropped off and Boston has dropped off. But when you look at Denver, when you look at the fact that he plays, he's available every night. And then, guys, he's averaging. It's not like a triple-double where he's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. No. He's averaging, what, 27, 11, or 12. And so he ran in the shooting percentage. So he's in the top three in assists. He's in the top three in rebounding. He's in the top three or four in field goal percentage. Oh, and he's in the top 10, 10 in scoring. So, And his team is in first place by five or six games in the West. Yeah, guys, I think he's won it again. And they're not giving it to him. He's won it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Sam. I, I used the yeah. baseball analogy yesterday that, you know, Otani, Shohei Otani effectively replicated what he did the year before. The difference was Aaron Judge showed up and, and ripped it away from him. You know, it's almost like a yeah. heavyweight belt. It's like, you want to come take it from me, you got to come take it from me. And Jokic just keeps doing what he's been doing. And there are other guys having great years. You referenced a few of them right there. But I don't think there's someone that's sticking out where you say, wow, like this guy's killing it. Like, you know, KD could have been that guy, I think, if he stayed healthy all year, possibly. But I don't know. I don't see a guy who's head and shoulders. This, I ask myself this all the time. If I was starting the franchise today, not put, put LeBron in it because he's older, who would I take? I would probably take Giannis, but I would have to go to sleep and, and, and sleep on it between starting with Giannis and the Joker. Because this is the thing about the Joker. As he aged, his game is not going to change because he don't rely on athleticism. So I may love Giannis the first 10 years, but the next 10, I may love the Joker because his game is not based on athleticism. So he, so theoretically, as long as he maintains his weight, which he's a total pro, he's showing that, he can still play at a high level. But when Giannis loses his athleticism, what happens because of his skill set? Because he's still not a great passer, a great shooter. So I would sleep long and hard about which one of those guys I would start a franchise with. Yeah, that's saying something with Sam Mitchell. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to why Nurse, you know, even though the, the Raptors lost, he was proud of his group. And, I mean, they held, they held the Oakers to 17 last night. And, you know, he didn't put up a ton of shots. He was very efficient. He went one for one from three, six for six from the field, but only threw up eight shots. You know, and a lot of that was OG Ananobi. Well, that and you got size now. I mean, look, I like this makeup of the Raptors team. I really believe if they had a guy like Turtle, if they had him from the beginning of the season, I think we would be looking at the Raptors as one of the top six teams without a doubt in the East. Without well, a doubt. Size yeah. matters. Yeah, he's played now, really even well. If he's not, even if you don't think he's doing anything, guess what? Somebody got to box him out every time because he's so big. Yeah. No, so, and he's, so he makes you account for him on every possession. That's precisely what he's done since he's shown up. I mean, he, he is a legit big. Like, he is a legit big. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's saying something, right? In this day where there's a lot of tweeners, you know, there's a lot of stretch fours. Like, this guy, he's a legit big. Uh, with Sam Mitchell, who you got at the players this week, Sam? You, you got any, any golfer in particular you got your eye on or what? Man, I tell you what, I love Bay Hill. I watched that tournament, and I was glad to see the young fella. 
uh, take a step and win. Man, Rory's playing really well. I was shocked that John Ram kind of fell off, but I think he kind of needed that because he was kind of feeling himself too much. He had been so dominant. So I know this kind of cherry-picking, but I'm going to go with three guys. I think Rory, Ram, and I think a guy like Sam Burns, who last year played really well, he's kind of disappeared this year. If he can, he played a little bit better at Bay Hill, but he would be like my dog horse pick. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, uh, this one, Sam, this is O-Dog had to leave the, the show early to do some panel work. But I wrote this down word for word. He wanted me to ask you this question. So this is his words. How are you shooting it lately, player? Hey, man, I just came off the golf course. And, dude, I played with a buddy of mine. Man, this guy, he had four birdies and a hole in one. Whoa. Wow. Yes. Four birdies. He beat the daylight. He beat... The brakes off me, the pants off me, my <laughs> shoes, my watch. He undressed me on the golf course today. I mean, he hammered me. Just in submission. We didn't even finish the last hole. I said, look, man, I can't take it no more. I can't keep looking at this. <laughs> I, I picked my ball up and went to the range and wow. got a lesson from And, dude, I've been killing this guy for months. He's been like my, my pigeon. <laughs> but he found something. I mean, he holed out a 212-yard par three over water. And the thing about it, two older gentlemen was letting us play through, and oh. they witnessed it. Wow. So he had, yeah, we had witnesses out there. I mean, he had a, a six-iron 212 on a rope, one bounce in the cup. In front, like that is a dream scenario because playing through sucks, man. You get nervous. You, yeah, like that water gets. It's like an ocean when two guys are waiting <laughs> and for I you. The hole. I hit a four hybrid, four feet from the pin, and I hit first. I'm feeling all good about myself. I'm giving him the needle, and he's gonna drop the six iron in there for a hole in one on top of me. Wow, man. <laughs> wow, are you playing with Tiger Woods? Who you? Who's hit the six iron? Hey, Two twelve. Dude, my friend Damon, I tell you what, man. I beat him because he makes mistakes, but he is so long. Man, he hitting driver, eight irons in the par five. I'm hitting driver, four hybrids. I mean, right. I beat him because he makes mistakes at the wrong time. Like today, he we broke even today. But coming down 17 and 18, 195-yard par three, water on the left. He hooks it in the water. I make a par. I hit a five iron into the wind. And then on 18, I beat him. But, again, this guy is so long. But today, he put it all together. Wow. I mean, he whipped me. Shout out. Shout <laughs> out. To, he yeah. better be paying for drinks yeah. then, man. That whole yeah. one insurance, I don't know if it got paid or not. But that's something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He owed the whole clubhouse drinks. He had to go. <laughs> he had to leave today. But we're playing again Thursday. And I told him, not only drinks, but lunch and dinner. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Sam, we'll leave it there. Thank you for this. We'll do it again soon. Without a doubt, guys. It's funny. There it is, Sam Mitchell, our uh, TSN NBA Raptors analyst, uh, former player, former coach of the year up here in Toronto, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit MapleToyota.com. That is a dream scenario, man. Someone waves you through. 
That means you've been right on them. They probably yeah. don't like you. They're probably thinking, here we go. What do you got? Right? You're in such a hurry. Let's see what you got. And, and you, you, you drop one, a right hole in one on a 212-yard par three with witnesses. That is a dream, dream scenario. And he was um, saying that this shooter was Damon was long. Like, what would you hit for 212? 212, I'd, I'd be hitting probably a, a three hybrid. Like may, maybe a four hybrid depends on the the tee, depends on the wind. Yeah, you know, and and how much room you have. The pins in the back, you're running it out. Yeah, I probably yeah. hit a four hybrid. I probably hit what Sam hit, but wow. like two twelves. That's a long that's par long three. Par that's three, a yeah. long par three. Wow. So shout out to Damon, I guess. <laughs> um, Mike Johnson coming up in about twenty minutes. Leafs Devils tonight. There's some lineup changes, some interesting ones as well. We'll get his take on that. McDavid doing it again last night down in Buffalo. We'll touch on that as well. And Steve Phillips still to come as well. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app.